Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Grace, Peace, and Balance radio show by Gabby Abdelgadir. And I hope you all have been staying safe and staying healthy and keeping your vibration and your frequency high. That's all we need right now. And today I have an incredible guest, a guy that I have highly respect for. His name is Ryan Dunphy, and I will be posting all his information on a pod bin and on YouTube uh, for those of you who may need to get in touch with him. And I really advise that you do. So I'm going to read his brief bio right now. He's a lot more, but he's got a brief bio for me right now. So Ryan is a corporate guest speaker and stress reduction expert. He has many years of health promotion experience working with individuals and teams across the nation using his unique brand of positivity and motivation. His career has involved corporate fitness, medially-based fitness centers, and injury prevention seminars for a Fortune 500 company. Today, Ryan will be talking with us about how to manage our time through prioritization, simplification, and delegation. His hard work, play hard. His work hard, play hard. Mentality is a good match for our community. Isn't that well said? Ryan, welcome to my podcast. Wonderful. Thank you, Gabby. I appreciate you. I want to take a second to celebrate you. I've gotten a chance to know you over, I think it's been about a year now. And I'm just so grateful to know you and the people I've met through you and just the energy that you bring every day. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh my God. I'm honored. Yeah. You're like my, one of my top favorites from, from from the last year, definitely. So Ryan, tell me a little bit about, uh, I know who you are right now, but I really love to know what you were like growing up. Yeah. What was well, your dream and all that? Yeah. Well, believe it or not, I was actually quite quiet as a kid and now I'm a guest speaker at corporation. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh God, really? Yeah, I was I was pretty reserved. It wasn't until college that I kind of really broke out of that shell and, you know, just introduced myself to random people and made friends kind of anywhere I went. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little bit, little bit reserved, but college helps to kind of break that out. And I was in a new environment. I was around all new people. I was in a, a dorm where there were 10 guys all sharing pretty much the same space. So it was an amazing experience. And even taking a public speaking class we okay. all kind of, you know, we put in for that class together when the online registration happened, thinking this is going to be so much easier. It's just us. We can talk in front of each other. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. no, that backfired real quickly because if you made a mistake in class, mm-hmm. your buddies never let you forget it at dinner time. Yeah. Um, but it was wonderful because we all had that benefit of being able to tackle that hurdle of speaking in front of people in a serious way that, you know, they're making faces at you or they, you know, you're going to see these people for the rest of your life versus a group of strangers. It makes it a lot easier to speak in front of people you've either never met or are listening to a podcast that you can't see. So it was a fun kind of experiment and adversity we didn't realize we were getting into. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you were like, uh, you were very quiet. Does that mean you were an introvert? Is that I guess you could say that. Um, I know everybody is kind of a blend, but uh, yeah, I guess I'm an introvert that also likes to do extroverted things. I love people. I love being around people, but I also really love solo time in nature. That's a big thing for me is hiking 
and I have no problem going for myself by myself. And oftentimes I love that the most. Yeah. Quiet. (laughs) Yeah. Me now that is my number one favorite being alone and being quiet. I think you see from my posts on Facebook, like I like to go on nature walks alone period. Yeah. So that's my sanity time, especially in these hard times. So, um, what was your dream though? What did you want to become when you were growing? Like when you were in college, what was your dream? Your dream was not being a coach, was it at the time? Yeah. So growing up, I was very active. I played pretty much every sport Sports. and I was always hiking and camping and fishing and, you know, just doing general movement. Mm-hmm. And I had some encouragement to go into the health promotion world. Okay. So I went to school for health and exercise science with a concentration in health promotion and fitness management. Okay. I got into corporate fitness and realized real quickly that one step up on the ladder was going to put me in an office running reports, doing nothing I went to school for. Uh-huh. So I decided to go into medically based fitness. So I found a a job with a hospital system in New Jersey where I helped to run two medically based fitness centers. So we housed cardiac rehab and physical therapy, but it was also the full gambit of everybody. We had a triathlon club. So it was literally everybody that you could imagine under one roof. And it was a wonderful experience. And that's what I really that's what lit me up at the time was helping people with prevention because I dealt with a lot of people in cardiac rehab and physical therapy that either did not manage their stress or mismanaged their stress. And it compounded over time led to a knee replacement or double knee replacement or a cardiac event or low back pain or low back surgery, all these different things that boil back to how do we manage our stress? And in my research, even more, stress is a constant and a variable at the same time. But time is that one finite resource and everybody has about 16 hours every day. And it's how do we manage that time? How do we prioritize within that that dictates the outcome of how we feel on a daily basis, what we can do with our life, how our health is, how our wealth and how our relationships are. It Mm -hmm. all boils back to how we use time. Yeah, absolutely. That is such a big, big um, issue that people are facing right now is managing uh, work-life balance and time and family. And then you've got your job or whether you're an entrepreneur or you're on a full-time job. Some people do both like me. And, uh, and then you still have to do the housework. You still have to do the stuff. So that's that. So how do you manage your day? Give me a good a day in Ryan's life example. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So before we get into that, I just want to touch on work-life balance because yeah. that, that's a big point of discussion in the corporate workshops. Yeah. And when I think of work-life balance, it's the way a lot of people think about it of, you know, nine o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the evening, I'm at work. Yeah. And then I go home and I'm not at work. And back in the day, if you were Fred Flintstone, that whistle would blow and you would slide <laughs> off the back of your brontosaurus and yeah. you, were, you were done. You were not at the quarry. You were not at work. You were fully yeah. present at home. Yeah. Now we're recording this episode in 2021. Yeah. And I want to help everybody to reframe it to be work-life synergy. Because with these devices, smartphones and iPads and laptops, we're never truly not working and we're never truly working. So there's, there's that, there's that synergy there where we take work home with us, but we also bring our family to work. To work. 
it's how do we establish a healthy synergy to say, you know, getting all my things done, it may not look like a nine to five anymore. It may be a little bit before the kids get up in the morning. It may be I'm taking a break to work with my kids for homeschooling. We're still in the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm available for meetings. And then, you know, maybe I take a break and take Joey to baseball practice. And then, you know, I'm working on some follow-up after Joey goes to bed. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to look at it. And if we can have a healthy synergy where work is getting enough attention, we're getting our things done family is getting enough attention and we're, we're having the connection there. That's just a kind of a different way to look at it. It seems to be helpful for a lot of people I've talked with is get away from work-life balance because a lot of people view balance as a static point, but even, I know you can only see me from the shoulders up here. So I'm standing on one leg. There's still a lot of really small movements going on to keep me balanced. Balanced, it's, It's not a static point. If we try to chase that static point, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I wake up at five every day. So Mm -hmm. I think I have, I am by far the most productive between five until lunchtime. Yeah. So I do a lot, like I could finish a whole day's work, like within those three, four hours in the morning. I don't know, like then, yeah, but I also like to take a break. So is that a good way of, I don't have little children anymore, but my son is a big boy right now, but, right. Um, but still I've got businesses that I run still I'm on a full-time job right. and uh, with all this stress of the lockdowns and things like that. So I make time at least an hour, an hour and a half every day to go out and walk in nature. That's Is that so I'm doing a good job, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's different and you have to figure yeah. out what's important to you. What's yeah. going to meet your needs. What's going to fill your cup first. Yeah. Because when you take care of yourself, then everybody gets the best version of you. Yeah. You have to be rested. You have to sleep enough. You have to eat real food and you have to drink enough water. Then yeah. you can start to meet the needs of other people. And yeah. one thing to share with this community, and I will answer your question. I'm not avoiding it. I, I love I supporting stories, but uh-huh. for anybody that feels like they're out of control of their time or out of control of their stress, what I want you to do is start with 1% of the day which if we have 24 hours, one hour is 4% of the day. So what I want you to do is gift yourself 15 minutes. So 1% of the day comes out to between 14 and 15 minutes, but I'm going to round up to 15 because you're worth it. So taking 1% of the day for number one and doing something that makes you happy or doing something that you want to do. And this is not a time to catch up on email because, oh, I'll feel better when I'm caught up on email. It's do something intentional for you. If this is coloring, if this is going for a walk, if it's watching something really funny on YouTube that gives you those belly laughs, like you can do all kinds of different things. Gift yourself just 15 minutes, even just 1%, start there. Start with 1% of the day. And then you're gonna see that that positive leverage impacts the other 99% in a big way. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, if they don't feel like they're in control, just there's, there's step one, just start there and then build up to an hour Absolutely. and a half of strolling in yeah, the woods every just day. Just like though. mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah just make, right. make, yeah. You can increase it like, uh, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Gabby, That's to answer your question, question, so I got away from trying to design a perfect day and I got into designing an ideal week. And I wanted to share that with everybody because I'm in now month three of that and it's really, really wonderful. I'm 
I'm getting more done. I'm getting more rest. Um, you know, everything is working. So for me, I'm on, I'm an entrepreneur. So I do have the ability to dictate my entire schedule. Yeah. And then the second layer of that is availability for meetings. So what for any other entrepreneurs that are listening to this, that was one of the big three reasons you started your own business was to have some control of your time. Yes. So for me, what I'm finding to work is management Mondays. I have no availability on via Calendly for appointments on Mondays. Okay. Where I, for the first three hours, I go play. I go out in nature because oftentimes- On a Monday? On Monday morning. And okay, I'm, I'm on that's... the East Coast like you. So we also have a three-hour jump on most people that are, you know, over on the West Coast. Yeah. But I go out and I fill my cup first. I go have some fun. I get my dose of nature. I prime my week for success by doing something that I want to do. Okay. Then on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I have plenty of availability on Calendly for people to book. Mm-hmm. with some kind of, I'm going to give a shout out to Katie Jeffcoat right here because she came up with the term intentional margins. So little little breaks throughout in the day and you mm-hmm. can design this in Calendly. Okay. So that way you block protect them. your time. You block those, those times. You can block off those times okay. where you set your own availability. Yeah. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'm available for sales calls, for speaking engagements, for connection calls, for a virtual cup of coffee with somebody amazing like yourself. Thank you. And then Fridays, I have just as follow-up Fridays. Again, no available appointments booked. And it's just follow-up. It's reaching out to people. And the reason I created it like this was I got quiet with myself and I thought about like, where is the best use of my time? And I start with that positive. And I seem to say Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, people are productive. People are focused. We have to use stereotypes. Mondays, people are manic. People are kind of crazy. People are coming off of the weekend. And then by Fridays, they can have decision fatigue or they're checked out or can we push this to next week? And if we can eliminate some of that shuffle and just focus on the middle of the sandwich, which is where the most work is being done, increase my availability a bit on those three days, cut availability Monday and Friday. And Absolutely. If somebody wants to do a one-off meeting or if I have to follow up with somebody, that's why I have Fridays available and I can make those times on my terms. Same with Monday. If I need to do a quick call with somebody for 10 or 15 minutes, great. Can you do Monday at 10? Because in my head, I know it's available. Um, And setting that up and setting those boundaries right out of the gate, number one, helps you. And number two, shows that you're an authority to say, great, you can reserve a time for us on our on my calendar here. Yeah. And you can gift that person presence and being fully engaged with that and not scrambling and not looking at the clock to say, Oh my goodness, I have another call in five minutes. I need to, you know, close the sale or I need to get this person off of the phone because you can build in buffer zones right in Calendly to say for another 20 minutes after this appointment ends, I'm not available. And that's for sending follow-up notes or if the person needs an additional five minutes on the phone, we can come from that place of calm and get so much more done. Absolutely. Also having those buffers really helps because those boundaries allow for only the important things to fit in. Yeah. Into that sandbox or into that puzzle. That is the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Right. So it forces you to say, 
I don't want to have virtual coffee with anybody and everybody. I want to have virtual coffee with the right people. Yeah. I want to be, you know, getting on the phone with the right companies that can bring me in as a speaker. I want to get not because your time is the only finite resource and your time is valuable, especially if you're an entrepreneur where, you know, you're, you don't have a salary. It's based on performance. So you need to set those boundaries for yourself. So for me, management Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, fully available, you know, firing on all cylinders. And then it's Friday follow-up. And I found that that's really helpful for my energy, for my rest, for my recovery, for my performance. And it's, it's working. I love that. So I just want to share that with everybody. Oh my goodness. I love that, Ryan, because I've never really heard of that Monday portion because you are so right. People are not happy on a Monday morning, especially people who have to go to work. So I used to take the train. I don't drive because downtown is crazy. Okay. So I take the train and that is the only place I used to call my sanity place because that's the only place where there is nobody calling my name right. or needing anything. So I like to read, as you know, so sure. I have a book right. going to work and coming back. Anyway, every Monday morning, Ryan, you would look at these people in, on the train each and every one of them is ready to kick somebody. That's yeah. how angry they, they, they feel. That's how unhappy they are. And I'm always happy. Like I never really felt, oh, man, oh, tomorrow is Monday. I got to go to this job again. I have been lucky that way. And I don't believe in uh, starting your week in negativity. But like right. people every Monday are so upset, so unhappy. And come look at them on a Friday morning. The Friday morning, the train is full of smiles. Like everybody right. is smiling on a Friday morning. So, uh, so I like the fact that uh, the way you program, you, you, the way you organize yourself to have that Monday morning, because I don't right. think people would be in a good mood to listen or to do unless they are entrepreneurs like, like you. Uh, so I like that. So what about Saturday and Sunday? Do you ever do any work on the weekend? I sometimes will do a little bit, but it's not structured where it's, you know, every single Saturday, our son is five years old now, he's into t-ball and everything. So, you know, I I do my best to really, family is the priority on Saturdays and Sundays. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, for everybody that's listening, I just want to share another thing that I share in the corporate speaking world is for its first 500 years of use, priority was a singular word. Yes. And it still is. Yeah. But in the research, it wasn't until the early 1900s that we started to see priorities showing up, which prior means the first, you know, if we go back to the root. So somewhere in the early 1900s, somebody tried to bend reality and have more than one first thing. Yeah. Okay. And then we wonder why we're busy and not productive. And we wonder why we're scattered and we're wondered why we don't have clarity because we have five or six, and I'm using air quotes for anybody listening, priorities, which in itself is very ironic because it's not possible to have more than one priority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, think of when you're driving your car for anybody that still drives a stick shift, you can only be in one gear at a time. Yes. You can't be in third gear and reverse and second. Yeah. You can only be in one gear at That's a time. That's a nice way of putting it, Ryan. I like that. Yeah. So we have to be intentional with having, this is my priority for the week, or this is my priority for the day, or this is my priority right now. Right and now. everything gets easier when you have like an endpoint or a focus. Instead of us just being 
busy and crazy and busy, make yeah. a millimeter of progress in every single direction versus this is where I'm going. I have this clarity. I have this awareness of this is what I'm focused on. Mm-hmm. Right now it's T-ball time. It's not yeah. time to check fa- Facebook or check email or check you know, different things. There's the stock market or ESPN. It's right now it's T-ball time with <laughs> my know. son. Yeah. Excellent. So I used to, you're right, because I used to write like a dozen things every day that I needed to do. And then what I found years ago, this is, and then years ago, and then what I found is when I didn't accomplish all of the whole page, I get upset. Like I, I feel like I haven't accomplished anything, even if I did half of them, that should be like a great accomplishment, but I right. don't, but now with all the re- leadership training, with all the stuff that I have been doing, I, I call for me, it is the power of five. I write them at night. Yeah. I really focus and think tomorrow things that I must do or the people that I must call or whatever. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Period. I then it's easy to do the five things rather than having a dozen or a dozen and a half list to do. So right. I really like the prioritizing thing. And then sometimes I finish those five and I do another five more. There are days right. that are extremely productive, right? Yeah. There are days that are like slow or you're tired. You don't feel like talking to anybody. You just need a break. You just finish those five and you take the rest of the day, the day off. Right. Um, talking about time management. What is your advice to people who are spending a lot of time on social media and then complaining that they don't have time? Um, I'm having a bit of an, I hear that a lot. Okay, then if you don't have time to do this or to call that person, uh, why are you on, on, on Facebook and Instagram all day long? So right. w- what's your advice on that? Sure. So you can go into your phone and the settings yeah. and set time parameters. You can set a time limit for how yeah. much time you use that app. And social media is designed to be addictive and it's designed to keep you on there and coming back for more. There's a reason notifications are red bubbles and not blue or green or yellow, the red. So your eyes go right to them. So I would say for people that are finding themselves or catching themselves on social media too much, number one, set a time limit for how much time you're there. Number two, go into the settings, go to your notifications and turn off all notifications on social media. None of that is urgent. Exactly. None of that is urgent. My phone is only allowed to make a noise if I get a phone call or a text message. Other than that, I get no pings for emails or likes or comments or shares or Instagram different things or LinkedIn articles. That's on my terms when I want to go in and look at that, not Mm -hmm. the phone dings and I have my gerbil reaction and I Go you for the piece go, of cheese. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's not right. That's you know, we're we're dealing with an old operating system here between our ears, and yeah. we can't keep up with this. This is know. you know so this is you know eons beyond where we are. So we need to be intentional with how we're using those platforms, how we're using those devices. So set up a time limit for yourself. And there's a button that's available, you know, snooze. Hey, I need five more minutes on here Uh, or okay. And it just shuts the app off. Um, That seems to be really helpful. Uh, There's even an area in your phone that you can look at usage to say over the course of last week, how much time did I spend here? A lot of people, their eyes pop out of their head and say, 
wait, this, this isn't right. I know. But it is, you know, every time we are sitting in a waiting room or sitting in the bathroom or, you yeah. know, eating our lunch, we're mindlessly scrolling there. Yeah. Um, it's important to be aware of how much time we're doing. And it's important for us to stay in control of our time and our emotions. And we've seen a lot, you know, this could be a two hour discussion in itself. Let's see over the last five years, social media has been a little bit more stressful. You know, yeah. I'm here in the United States, but I think the whole, the whole world's been looking at us for the last five years. Oh yes. Um, you know, social media has really been a big factor into that of, you know, the stress and the, the division and the friction, you know, there's, there's yeah. so much there. It's a the great politics. tool to connect, but it was, there was a lot of people using it for division. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So one of the things that I have started to do is um, when people uh, post like negative stuff or arguments or something, mm -hmm. politics, for example, or whatever it is that they want, they put videos, they put this number one, I would send them a message just so not to be rude, like send them a message on messenger, please. I would appreciate it. If you don't tag me on messages like that, I really don't want to see or hear any negativity. If they do it again, I have no patience anymore, Ryan. I'm way too old for this crap. So I just unfriend, <laughs> unfriend them, unfriend. Then, so now I have um, people who are all positive, there you go. Uh, who don't discriminate, at least from my knowledge so far, like people sure. who don't uh, spread hate or spread negativity. So that is the kind of people I have. So that's what I tell people when they complain, when I do coaching and I tell, why are you putting up with it? Right. This person is driving you nuts, just unfriend them, period, or block them altogether. Right. So, and then just keep the people that matter, you know, like that spread love, that spread positivity. Right. And, uh, so You're in I, control of your reality. It's, exactly. it's a few clicks away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when it comes to the painting, for me, it is text, obviously. My phone would ring, obviously, but text and email. I live by my emails, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> and text. I live by those two, but I don't get uh, ping for notification, messenger, WhatsApp, and all that stuff, or uh, Telegram now. Right. Uh, I, I don't get notifications, so I try to check them once a day. Yeah, because I have a lot of family who are in Europe, and uh, sure. we, yeah, so I, I get to see if they sent me anything. We talk once a week because, you know, That's but nice. uh, so I check once a day. I go through them, take my time, and uh, but no no notification, no nothing. So I agree with you. So for those, especially now for those families who are struggling that the kids are not going to school. I don't know if you guys are open, but we're not. Like for example, the kids are all at home on right. their laptop studying from home, right? Mm -hmm. And then the husband and wife are working from home. What advice would you give these people? The stress is unbelievable. I know it's good. It, it, people are spending time with their families more than they ever did in a long time because of this lockdown. But like, let's say a family has three kids and uh, the three have their own laptops. They're studying online and sometimes they would need help and you got to watch also. They don't fool around. They really are like studying. And then the husband and wife, or like there are a lot of single moms also who do that are also on another laptop. They're working and then they have to cook at the same time. They have to do this. Right. Just what, what would your advice be? Well, on the Just technology to release that stress. 
Yeah. yeah. On the technology end, having the screens shut down by seven or eight o'clock, you know, whatever works for your family based on bedtime would be important. Yeah. Plus, like I talked about with those time boundaries with my week, if I know I only have access to the laptop until eight o'clock, I'm going to do the important things and I'm going to get them done. Yeah. So having an endpoint is important and oftentimes with our son. So yeah, since the pandemic hit, when the pandemic hit, before the pandemic hit, we always wanted and asked for more time with the family. Yeah. Oh. The pandemic hit and then we got all the time with the family. Yeah. <laughs> which is different from more. Yeah. We got all the time all the with the time. family. Yeah. So it's important to celebrate each other and celebrate what each person wants to do. So sometimes I'll, you know, my wife and I will put down our phones and we'll say, Cole, what do you want to do? We're all yours for the next 20 minutes. We can do anything. You want to do dinosaurs. You want to do Legos. You want to do Nerf. You want to do, you want to run outside. Like, what do you want to do? And it's fun because he can just, he has our full attention. Attention. And for, for that connection is amazing. And sometimes we, we create our own games or we'll play, you know, basketball and soccer. Like, you know, you have to score a basket and then you have to kick a goal. Um, so we've created all kinds of fun and goofy things, but at the end of the day, that's what he's going to remember yeah. was that specific intentional time together. Yeah. Same with my wife. Like when I could put my phone down, like, great, you know, sweetie, what can I, what can we do together? What can I do for you? What do you want to do right now? Like any do you goes. help cooking? I do. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Okay. Yeah. 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 We have fun with that. We do it together and, you know, we'll come up with some different things and we, uh, we have one of those um, instant pots. It's like a pressure cooker. Yeah. So we're starting to experiment with a little bit of stuff there as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because uh, that is good, especially for winter. Uh, right. You do like the soups and you know you can do a big one and it would last right. two or three days like i love i used right. to love breakfast now it's just me and mikey so i really it's too too big for for a family of two but yeah, yeah that's that some. so that's yeah. what you advise them because like the number of stress and the fact that they don't have the me time up until all the kids go to sleep by mm -hmm. that time everybody is so exhausted right right yeah. Right. And then don't forget your son is five right now, right? Right. Wait until he gets to twelve, thirteen. It's all about video games. <laughs> yeah, we understand that he's he's growing up in a digital age. My wife yeah. and I were, you know, born before computers, before the internet. So we had our childhood before that, but we kind of also saw the onset of it and we developed with it. There's mm -hmm. a lot of kids out there that have never gone without any yeah. of that or they, they they just know that as reality for us it was like oh man nintendo like donkey yeah. kong and mario like this is cool yeah. this is cutting edge stuff and yeah. you look at it now compared to the video games of earlier it's it's a quantum leap different there's yeah. there's no end to a lot of the games which makes oh it again God. very different because yeah. you could sit down and play mario for you know what 45 minutes and beat the game and be done with it or hit the pause button for some of these yeah. games there is no pause button there's no end yeah. to it it's just you just do it again um, I know. so they're very different so we do have one of those little amazon kindles for them and every once in a while for on a long road trip we'll do that yeah. or my wife is a teacher so you know she got oh. this abc mouse program so there's some educational puzzles and math and, yeah. and colors and all kinds of different stuff on there so yeah 
Yeah, nice. we're very blessed. He's, he's a smart little kid and we want him to, to know how to use that because that's going to be a big part of his life. Oh, yeah. But we don't want it to be the focus. And yeah. I've seen some other kids get into that and yes. I understand it. I mean, it's, it's super engaging for your brain yeah. and, you know, you it's have the- all those hits um, you know, all those happy chemicals coming in because it's all the flashing colors and the, the shiny metals and the instant gratification and the yeah. pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and the fantasy. Like, it's fun. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I grew up watching Star Wars and Indiana Jones and, mm-hmm. you know, there's Star Wars games out there now that I would like to play. I just, it's just not the priority for me. Yeah. So I haven't oh. had a, a game since an old Nintendo and the We'll say in the 1900s, um, you know, but I'm sure at some point we'll have one of the newer systems. Yeah. But I understand it's a rabbit hole. You know, yes. I'm going to get it. You know, some of these games, there's 40, 70 hours to get through the game. I know. My that's, goodness. That's not a priority it an right addiction, now. you know, for these kids. Some of them are simply addicted. They can't finish to get yeah. off that school online so that they could get into the game so it's right. it's uh yeah it's the shooting the killing that i don't like ryan Ugh. right yeah it's it's not nice anyway but yeah but that's um the, there is a process at each age sure. group there is something new that comes up so yeah i'm sure he's gonna do fine with a dad like you and your parents like you so he's gonna do well, fine yeah. so yeah so what would your last advice be to everybody, to parents, to people on a job, for entrepreneurs when it comes to um, time management and releasing the stress, the daily stress. Yeah, I would say simplification is really the answer for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people view the answer as more, more things, more of this, more of that. But maybe we need to shift a little bit to the quality. Maybe we need to say, what can we have less of but have a better experience with. And there's a book I'll recommend to everybody, Essentialism by Greg McCallan. I can send you the link as well. Okay. And it's all about, it's, it's kind of like decluttering for your head. So you, I know you're, you're big on that. And yeah. you know, if you're, it's like your closet of your head. Yeah. There's constantly people, people jamming more clothes in there. You need to have a system to simplify that. Yeah. The system and get rid of some of those. Yeah. So it's exactly. what in your life can you simplify? What in your business can you simplify? Because it's easy to complicate things and it's, it's easy to add more things or subscribe to this and buy that. And you know, the happiness is not going to come from the third car. It's going to be using the current car for what you want to do with it and the experiences that you want to have. Yeah. And it's where can you simplify in your life to slow down a little bit? Because the more things we have, the more that they own us and the more things that we commit to, that's all costing us time. And again, exactly. we have 16 hours every day. Time so, and money too. Right, time and money and stress. So we need to be aware of how we're investing that, spending that or wasting that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really boils back to how do we want to spend that time? How do we get to spend that time? That's important as well. Yeah. Instead of we have to get to T-ball, it's we get to go to T-ball today. Little shift, huge outcome difference. We yeah. get to go to T-ball today. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And then I think you and I talked um, a while back, I think, about asking for help. Right. Or delegation, yeah. like delegating, yes. yeah. Delegation is very important as well. 
when our son was first born, I, mean, I had just purchased a brand new vehicle, like two or three months beforehand. Mm-hmm. And it came with three oil changes and tire rotations. Okay. So I kind of got used to that. All right, every 5,000 miles, I was like, all right, just pull it in here to the shop. They do it. And, you know, I'm on my way. So it came time for the fourth one. And I grew up changing my own oil, rotating my own tires. So I always had that mentality of, you know, having somebody else do it. That was just an expense. But the, again, the priority shifted when I had a newborn at home. So I just happened to be in that area where the dealership was. So I pulled and I said, what is it for an oil change? And 65, $67 plus tax. <laughs> I know I could do it for cheaper than that in the garage. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, well, just, just do it just take care of it for today and then I'll figure it out for the next time. So I'm sitting there in the waiting room and I'm working on my laptop. I'm getting work done. And while I'm there, I go to you know, stretch my back a little bit and I look over and there's a, a sign on the wall that says, ask about bulk oil changes and tire rotations in a package. I said, okay. I can listen to instructions. I walked over to the service desk. I said, what does that mean? They said, well, if you buy three at a time, you get a discount. You just have to use them within a year. I said, All right. I'm doing 15,000 every year. What does that cost? $99. So now for $33, I have somebody else changing the oil, disposing of the own oil, the old oil, taking the the filter too. Doing the filters, doing the big heavy wheels and tires, plus it's five because it's a Jeep. So I use the spare. And there's an expert doing a, you know, 27 point safety check on the vehicle, looking at stuff I probably would have missed Mm because I'm not a mechanic. Yeah. And I get to stay in the waiting room, working, doing my contribution to the world, staying in my expert zone. So that way that expert gets to do what he is an expert in. I get to do what I'm an expert in and everybody wins. And it saves me a bunch of time and it saves me getting filthy dirty because going to the auto parts store, I priced out it was going to be like $47 just for the materials. Plus I had all the time of everything else. So it's where in your life can you delegate something? that's an easy one. And so much of it comes down to mindset as well. For a lot of people, they say, well, I, I, would, I don't want to have a landscaper come cut my grass. I just want to do it myself. And that makes sense if it takes you 20 minutes with a push mower or something. But for a lot of people, the amount of time and energy and money it takes to maintain your own grass versus having somebody come in may cost you a little bit more money but it's going to save you an enormous amount of time, time. an enormous yeah. amount of stress. And, yeah. you know, the sharpening of those blades, unless you're one of those people that loves cutting their grass and loves that instant gratification. Yeah. And I have lots of friends that are like that. If that's your thing, that's fine. But if it's not delegate that out, yeah. I, I could have taken the time to go on YouTube and order the material and made this shirt, but I chose to go to the department store and buy it. Somebody else already made it. Somebody else shipped it to the store. All I have to do is take it home, wash it and put it on. So that was something that was delegated. But as a society, we view that as just, oh, that's a norm. It's what else can you delegate? Some people are now, a lot of people are shopping from home, doing online shopping. Save the expense of driving out to the store, trying different things on, you know, driving back and forth or getting it at a lower price. And there's less of an environmental impact because it's in a big vehicle making a bunch of deliveries instead of you driving all the way to the store and all the way back. So what can you delegate out there? I'm seeing a lot of these food services coming up now, Uber Eats or HelloFresh, you know, here's, here's the grocery bag. All you have to do is cook it. 
you know, yeah. they've done the work of gathering the right things in the right quantities. All you have to do is cook it. Yeah. So it's where in your life can you simplify and delegate so that way you can stay in your zone and you spend your time how you need to and want to. Yeah. And ask for help if needed. Right. You know, there are a lot right. of people who are willing to help, whether it's your parents with the kids or, yeah. you know, some friends to, to do something for you. Like, you know, ask for help. Don't be shy. So, yeah. So this is uh, great. Yeah, Amazing. Getting away from the, yeah. yeah. Getting away from that mentality of like, I can do everything myself. Self. I have to do everything myself. Like we are community creatures as human exactly. beings. Yeah. Community and opposable thumbs is what separates us from pretty much everything <laughs> else on this planet that enabled us to get to where we are. So to lean on community, be a part of a community, share your gift yeah. so somebody else can share theirs. Theirs with you. Absolutely. Oh my God. Incredible. That was such an amazing conversation. So I, I'm going to go uh, ask you a couple of questions, non-related. That was an amazing. So I'm going to be posting this and uh, all your bio, your social media links. And you have something you said for, what did you say? Links that you were going to. Sure. So I created a smarter to-do list. Okay. So a lot, like we talked about with, with to-do lists, yeah. I didn't want to interrupt your flow, but a lot of people have a lot of different lists that yeah. never get done. So when I was with a client at one point, she was just feeling very overwhelmed with I have all these things on my to-do list. And I said, all right, cool. Let's, let's simplify it. Let's split it out. So we created the whole list. We did a big mental dump and then we figured out, all right, what is urgent? What is not urgent? And then we used another lens to say, what is a want and what is a need? And then we were able to split it into those four quadrants and say, oh, okay, yeah, I would feel a lot better if I did those three things. That would make everything else on this list easier. Easier, okay. So I wanted to share that with everybody. So I sent you the PDF for that. I can set up a link as well. So people can download that of do that mental dump Mm -hmm. and then sort it of, is this a need or a want? Is this urgent or not urgent? And I made it very very time easy on you for, you know, noting different things. You create a top eight and think about how it's going to feel when you accomplish that. And I can also share, so this is something that I learned from Jake when we do the conferences. So we often will do a two day intensive working on our business. And he shared with us the idea of a mental parking lot. So if you're going in to learn something, you're going in to focus on a project, but there's a lot of stuff bouncing around in your head. Yeah. I created just a, a printable worksheet for a mental parking lot. And okay, once I like in, that. I, oh my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to use that myself, a mental parking <laughs> yeah. lot. I like the title of it. Right. One side is short-term parking. Like when you go to the airport, like these are short-term things that need to get out of my head and onto paper. And then the other yeah. side is long-term parking. Uh, this is an idea I have that, you know, maybe for the fall, yeah. it's, it's getting it out of your head and putting it on paper. Yeah. And then having that instant gratification of being able to cross it off. There's yeah. a lot to that. I encourage yeah. everybody to walk around with an index card and, and I do it um, on my Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays as well, yeah. where I have my, my schedule written out so I can cross off each appointment. Because yeah. most of it is on my Calendly. Sometimes I'll book with other people on their Calendly. So I don't want to miss anything. Yes. And then on the flip side, like you said, you have your five. I have, these are my top three things that I need to get done today. Yeah. And when you, you know, get that graphite onto the end. Oh my card God, it's and, such an accomplish. You feel so good when yeah. you just. When yeah. we have those frequent small wins, it really yeah. helps your momentum. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, Ryan. Thank you so much for all the wisdom, for all the advice and the tips. And uh, yeah, let's just change gears here before we finish this call. 
So I have, if you had to visit three countries before you die, what countries would they be? Only three are allowed. Ireland, <laughs> Australia, okay. uh -huh. and... Ireland, Australia. Somewhere down in South America. What country is it that has, um, oh my goodness, Patagonia. Where, which country is that in? Caledonia. I'm going to Google it real quick. Ca Caledonia. That should be in Caledonia. Isn't that in, not oh, too yeah. far pa from Patagonia Spain. is the giant park. Um, no, that I, is in, let me go here. Oh my goodness. Where is Patagonia? Argentina. There we go. Okay. So Argentina. Okay. Right. What was the uh, park's name? Third. What was the first name that you mentioned? Ireland, Australia, and then I'm going to be going to. Whoop. So this place. Argentina would... for Patagonia. Okay. The, a beautiful uh, nature preserve. Okay. Oh, nice choice. Great choice. Okay. So I haven't been to any of those. So. Me too. I would love okay. to be there. Well, anyway. thank you for the clarity. Now I know where I'm going for I the know. third one. <laughs> I know. Okay, so if you have one dream that you would love to fulfill before you die, one dream, one thing that you really love to do and you haven't been like something like inside, it's like you're passionate about, you want to fulfill before you die, what would it be? I want to canoe in Lake Moraine up in Canada. Yeah, okay. This is very big on, uh, it's in Banff Park. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very big on Instagram. You always see the people with their golden retrievers in their canoe. I want to do that. The water looks epic. You're right at the, the foot of these huge mountains. So oh my God, yeah. I it's... would love to do a trip up to there as well. And I realize that that's another place. Mm -hmm. But having that experience of just paddling in a canoe with my family and you know, at some point I would love to have a golden retriever, um, you know, that would be, that's really high on the list. High on jumping the list. a monster truck. So if anybody here listening has access to a monster truck, please reach out to me because that's a bucket list item. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so that's amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so honored that you're like my guest today. I le we learned a lot from you and I'm sure a lot of, hopefully a lot of people were going to get in touch with you and use the, the uh, PDF documents that you just shared. I'm going to be adding them both on YouTube and on my Podbean, on my podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you, Gabby. And, I appreciate uh, you. Blessings. Take care. Okay. Wonderful. Have a nice okay, day. Okay, guys. So uh, wishing you grace, peace, and balance. Stay safe.